0: Hey everyone, welcome to Happy Vibes, a podcast that will make you smile. We chat weekly over wines to amazing women who empower, enrich, inspire and create. Come along with us and enjoy the Happy Vibes. Well, welcome everybody to our first podcast, Happy Vibes. Um, We're super excited to be delivering um, all of you some amazing content over the next few months that will be feature empowered, strong women, who all have a tonne of different stories. Um, And we hope to have a few laughs and ultimately leave you feeling pretty happy. Um, But before we kick off, I'll just introduce my amazing business partners. Firstly, I'm Julia Margot, one of the partners, but I won't call myself amazing necessarily. But my amazing business partner up in the green neck is
1: Anthea. Hi, I'm Anthea, nice to um, be part of our number one Happy Vibes podcast, very exciting. And
0: down there in the pink too, Miss Emma. Hi, everybody.
2: Super excited to be here. We just can't wait to get started with these podcasts and really showcase some amazing women, as Julia said. And, Julia, you are amazing. (laughs) Thanks,
0: Emma. This episode of Happy Vibes is brought to you by The Smile Maker Collection a personal massage device that will help you unlock your pleasure potential. Find your perfect match at happycollective.com.au. Today's podcast, Ooh. our first podcast, is really um, about female empowerment and trying to change the nar- narrative around um, positive kind of sexuality and really unlocking some of the negative stigma that we think exists. Um, the first product that the Happy Collective are uh, launching to market um, this week, in fact, is this Smile Maker collection of vibrators. And um, to help us do that and to help kind of shape this really positive conversation is our resident in-house sexologist, um, sexual health and relationship expert, Elisa Caro.
3: Welcome. Such a pleasure to be here with you and really Mm -hmm. normalize women's sexuality and support this empowerment that it's really needed, has been suppressed for thousands of years. It's time to change that.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Elisa, can I I just... I, um, I've had a lot of various feedback mm-hmm. about us launching the Smile Maker collection um, and it's been really interesting. A lot of women obviously mm-hmm. have been totally mm-hmm. on board and so excited and, yes, you know, oh, they're so excited to, to try them out. However, I have had a few guys that have been very negative about the fact mm-hmm. that women use vibrators. What's your take on that?
3: Mm, well. I understand that sometimes men could feel threatened by women becoming more sexual in power and maybe also feeling like, oh, they're not needed anymore. <laughs> but really, that's so not the case. Like, it's <laughs> like self-pleasuring for women and for women to have a great relationship with their bodies, understanding what they love, enjoying making love with themselves is actually essential for a fulfilling sexual life in a partnership. Yes. And it's a myth that if we are sexually happy in our partnership, in our relationship, we shouldn't be self so pleasuring. Because it's really supporting keeping the passion alive. It's really supporting having a healthy relationship with ourselves Because first of all, we can communicate what we want. Second of all, our, for women, moreover, for men like I can say other things, but it's very important to give ourselves massages and touch in order to release the tension of our pelvic floor and to awaken more sensitivity. And you know, if our partner has the patience of doing that, great. But I think it's also awesome that we give that to ourselves. Absolutely. So for any man that is listening, if there is any man listening to this, I'm telling you right now, right now, that you don't have to be afraid of your partner, your lover to use vibrators. It's a great thing. And in no way they are like, are a substitute for your presence. You know? like in no way. And Brilliant. they can add a lot of, we can even talk about mm-hmm. my things. Like they can add a lot of variety in the sex life. You can, you know, do different things when you have different toys. And so it's really, really good for women's I, sexuality. I
0: think and that's, I, and, that's a really, really good started. point. Yeah, it really is. And I think um, it just made me think. Um, so I, I very much what Antia said has been the same feedback that I that has resonated um, kind of with me and my male friends. And another thing that's actually come up, um, which I guess surprised me in a way, was that um, not all women actually own a vibrator, which is fine. I just assumed they all kind of did. And um And so, and therefore, I would assume that that not every single woman self-pleasures either. Um, And so I'm just, um, I'm interested in your kind of professional opinion about that. And um, if we can kind of find out and like hear about kind of the benefits and
3: um, yeah, why are people doing it? Why aren't people doing it? And what's normal? Mm. Yeah. So it's very normal to self-pleasure and touch our bodies if we are sexually active and we want to have sexuality is part of our life however because of the sexual negative imprint in which we are embedded in which we are raised there is a kind of like a shame uh, connecting mm. with uh, self-touch mm. and this is you know it starts when in the in the young age so when when you are a kid you start to touch yourself when you're three four five And you start to play with yourself and often you get told off, often you get shamed by their parents, caretaker at school, um, friends, like they tell you that something is wrong. So kids, when they start to touch their body, they don't think it's wrong. They think it's fun. They love it. And then being told over and over again, that's not okay. This is shameful. Stop. Stop doing this. That's not okay. Like over and over again guess what? Then you're 20, 30, 40, and you're about to think right. about self-pleasure and something in your subconscious mind is like, this is not good. And mm. you're not even aware of it anymore.
2: I think yeah. we, all, we all have children and I have twins that are five years old, and I've certainly noticed some of that exploring stuff going on at the moment. So in Australia, how do we create a positive conversation around that sexuality? And how do we support, you know, young people children going through adulthood, that this is okay. What, what's the sort of conversation that we can have around that piece?
3: Yeah, I think this is like a whole podcast on... Yeah, a <laughs> <laughs> big thing. But that's, that's a quick, quick thing that I want to say is that, first of all, the way that their parents relate to sexuality mm. is a model for kids. And it doesn't matter that, you know, like, it's not because they're making love in front of the kids, but it's just real yeah. thing. <laughs> And so if the parents are feeling very awkward talking about it, if the parents are feeling very shame about that, you know, I had so many clients that told me that their parents said, you know, sexuality is dirty or don't touch yourself. Your dad always does that. That's disgusting. You know, things like this are very intense. And Mm -hmm. so we are projecting on our kids, our shame and this has to stop. And of course, like, you know, there is a place where to do it. And of course kids need to learn um, when it would be a good time for doing that, you know, places in which they can do it, because if they do it at school, because of how, you know, our society is right now at the moment, that's also not okay. And of course, um, I don't want to incentive like <laughs> kids, not. Oh, that's not what I'm saying, but what I'm saying <laughs> is that I, we mm-hmm. would like to give them a transmission of acceptance Mm. around themselves exploring their bodies and of course Mm -hmm. making some like boundaries and rules around it that's totally fine and the major thing the most important thing is actually for the parents to work on their own sexuality so when they have a good relationship with their own sexuality that will ripple ripple. yeah about what you say because i personally had my mom my parents change a lot throughout um um, my upbringing and they work a lot on themselves, but I remember my mom, like seeing me self pleasure and telling me off. And then one time she was like, "Okay, you can do it. It's fine. Just do it in this space." Manor. But I yeah. can't remember the disgust in her face. And mm. that is the thing, the very thing that made me stop self pleasuring. Not her telling me you should stop. Even her telling me it's okay just do it here and there and there, but I still have a face of disgust here and I stopped. So it was not so much what she's saying, Mm. but with it. I I think it's really
2: interesting too that, you know, we've always sort of accepted that men masturbate. I think it's, it's just the norm. But when we go into actually women doing that, there is certainly, you know, somewhat of a taboo. And I think the smile maker range what we're trying to do and what the brand certainly is trying to do is to just create that normal picture that women actually do do this. There's nothing wrong with it. And that sexually we're sexual beings just as much as men are, whether we're being sexual with ourselves or whether we're being sexual with a partner, you know, it's just an inherent part of being a human being. So I think that's something that, you know, we all want to embrace Mm -hmm. and certainly Alyssa, I think that's something that you do regularly with your clients and, You have your own series of podcasts, I'm assuming, relating to those subjects. But how do you think that, you know, we can get that message across more in a positive way? Is there anything that you can impart on us in terms of just getting rid of some of that stigma surrounding the subject?
3: Well, even what you're doing, that's doing Mm. that, you know, Mm. like talking about it, help um, support people raising, raising awareness around the stigma because sometimes people don't even know that so the example i'm giving you earlier like someone is in their 40s and they just think that they don't like to sell pleasure but actually they learned that was not okay and they feel shame and that's kind of playing out as a conditioning and so talking about all of those things that are taboo, that are stigma, so that people become aware of that and realize that there's nothing wrong with them or they don't have, you know, sometimes even they don't have low libido, they just have um, Mm -hmm. an association with sexuality which is um, uh, full of of shame and so they don't want to go there. And so talking Mm -hmm. about it, what you're doing, like your work, you know, (laughs) selling... (laughs) pleasure devices and supporting normalizing that talking with your friends like you mm. are doing this, you are absolutely also, doing this and let's go as much as we yeah. can in bigger media so that our message mm. can be heard from many many people and yeah. i
1: think also too elisa the other thing we all forget is that you know, we are all busy mums and we're busy working mums and self-pleasuring is very relaxing. <laughs> it's <laughs> not only enjoyable, but it's so relaxing. And, and efficient. And efficient. <laughs> and, you, you know, you, you de-stress, you increase the serotonin levels, which, you know, lowers your stress levels. So there's so many other benefits, you know, to, to using a vibrator and self-pleasuring.
2: But I also love the fact that in this range, there are seven to choose from. You're not sort of pigeonholed into one type. You can actually look at different ways of stimulating yourself, whether that's internally or externally or both or with a partner or without a partner. And I just want to hear from you, Alyssa, Do do you encourage that sort of varied um, experimentation or do you encourage just sticking to something that makes you traditionally just orgasm all the time? What, what are your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm a big, big fan and we we'll probably don't mm. go so much in depth in this one, but to bring variety in the yeah. self-pleasures mm-hmm. and the way we make love with ourselves mm. and to not be super attached to the orgasm and actually using self-pleasure as a way to enjoy our bodies. Mm Sometimes, you know, it will lead to orgasm, sometimes not. But if we are attached to it, then maybe, you know, I have 10 minutes. I should do this because I know it's going to get me there instead of, oh, maybe today I give a massage to my G-spot, or maybe today I just massage my labia, or maybe today I play internally on my anus. So there are so many things that we can do. And having a fixed routine is the biggest enemy of sexual satisfaction in the long run.
1: Right.
3: right, so, so like, the Sunday night at seven pm.
2: <laughs> it's <not laughs> the Way to go!
3: <laughs> and whatever time we have, you know, like it's also maybe sometime I have ten minutes and I massage my breast. Yeah, and that's a self pleasure.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, right. And then sometimes I will give myself internal massage with pleasure device, and then sometimes I will use the pleasure device in other other places maybe to relax even my jaw. like I actually like like <laughs> to play a lot in different ways and I think that uh supporting variety and exploration and curiosity is very very good
1: yeah
0: yeah well I think um what you've just spoken about Alisa if there are any men listening no doubt this would excite them
1: as well if there are,
0: if there's a if there's a woman in a relationship um with a man or a woman um experimentation, I know, um, yeah, can excite a lot of people rather than just kind of, yeah, locked and loaded, you know, missionary, bang, bang, (laughs) thank you, man, (laughs) however the saying goes. Um, Now, Elisa, I um, have had a number of conversations over the last um, kind of few months with girlfriends and we've started to receive so many questions from people, you know, as soon as they found out we're working with like an expert sexual um, relationship coach so do you mind if we kind of fire off a few kind of Go questions that people want to answer yes. awesome okay so one um that's kind of come consistently from a, a number of my friends and from people um is around um kind of sexual expectations and chemistry between um within a partnership or a marriage and so how um and sexual desires not necessarily marrying up and um, this one example that I'm thinking of, I have a friend who she has quite a high libido and her husband doesn't. And um, so she's wondering how to kind of get on the same page or how to actually help increase her husband's sexual libido. So they have a more sexual chemistry together.
3: Yeah. So look in every, 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 every relationship there is going to be a mismatch. That could be very mm-hmm. big, could be very small, but it's going to be a, you know, a higher desire partner and a lower desire partner. And on certain degree, the lower desire partner kind of, not say controls more, but can keep pushing back, right? Mm. But until a certain degrees, because of course we, you know, in a relationship where we both, when we love each other, we try also to make, um, to meet each other's needs. And so there are techniques and stuff that can be done, you know, in order to, um supporting the libido to get uh stronger and for sure like i don't know exactly the case of you know the husband of your friend so i can't like go directly there but that is something that is um it might be a little bit off topic but one of the main things that men do a lot is ejaculating a lot more than what they um if they like they tend to ejaculate as they used to when they were a teenager. So maybe they do it daily in the shower or something like that. And so what happened is that this is decreasing their libido. And a man can really regulate their uh, desire by ejaculating less. And that doesn't mean that they should make love less. Look, this is such a big topic. Like we just you know <laughs> I'm like I know that I'm just going. Yeah. <laughs> but um get, like in men can develop orgasm without ejaculation they can learn how to divide that right. and that will support them in having a stronger libido like my partner for instance when i met him he would maybe ejaculate two three times per week
1: mm-hmm. and now
3: maybe it does once a month and we make a few wow. times per week but it just doesn't ejaculate and so ejaculation that's something that can um regulate that and you know we Good can't tip. go into dub- because it's a, it's a complex uh topics but what i want to say is that there are things that can be done to support the libido good to increase it and so don't despair and the first thing is actually communicate like let them know that that's important and then you can find ways you know you can reach out to someone like me and then I can step by step take you through the things because it's also hard to give like deep advice on things that might need you know um, deeper work
2: sure yeah yeah I I think a lot of the questions we've had, there seems to be a lot of emphasis on orgasming as we just spoke about earlier. And one of the key questions that came up was that I've actually never experienced an orgasm and they've tried both with a device and with a partner. You know, is there something wrong with me? That's a question that we've had from a few people, which was quite interesting. And I just like your take on a response to
3: that. Absolutely. First of all, I want to say there is nothing wrong with you. So whoever you're listening and um, that you haven't had an orgasm, you're not sexually broken. Um, As we said earlier in the podcast, you know, there is not good sexual education. And so you might be holding little trauma or conditioning or limiting belief or Um, not experience lack of knowledge about your own body and lack of uh, desire to explore it, maybe due to feeling shame or feeling something is wrong. And so it is possible to learn how to feel pleasure, enjoy sexuality and unlocking orgasm. It's a learnable skill. However, as everything, it also requires um, sometimes some, some work peeling off the conditioning and not only that, um, not only peeling off these like doubts and concerns that you might be having, but also recreating a new relationship in which, you know, uh, with your body, which pleasure device are amazing for that. And and support you like in the exploration, but it's, you know, it's, um, it might be a journey, but you can learn how to do it. And there is nothing wrong with you. And what happened is that you've been exposed to an unhealthy environment about sexuality mm.
1: yeah
2: i think on on that point as well there was another one another common question was only being able to reach orgasm through clitoral stimulation and yeah. you know are there other common ways that we can find that for, for fulfillment without actually having to have that kind of stimulation what, what would you say to that
3: yeah so it's possible to unlock another type of orgasms but it requires some um some attention and Mm. considering um the vagina so like if the tendency is that because we're attached to have an orgasm we tend to always go the same road um we're never going to develop the other one but there are techniques to awaken more sensitivity that really works and then in the long run they also will start to unlock other type of orgasms Mm. and And that's possible. It's a learnable skill. Like that's the first thing. Like raising awareness that that's possible. And of course, like in twenty minutes podcast, like we can't, you know, go so much in depth. But at least we're raising awareness. At least we're letting them know that it's possible. And Mm -hmm. pleasure device highly support this for internal stimulation um, because they support the awakening of the sensitivity. Personally, when I wanted to learn how to have other type of orgasms, I stopped to have clitoris orgasm for like three months. And I start exploring my body, actually six, and I start exploring my body in different mm-hmm. ways. And then they start to unlock mm-hmm. because I couldn't otherwise. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Fantastic. Yeah. Um,
1: I had, I had a couple of questions. It wasn't many people, but is there such a thing as too much sex?
3: <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I think that it is not a right or wrong answer to this. I can give you my opinion. Okay. okay.
1: You've got the time for that, by the way.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion, there is not such a thing like too much sex, but probably if you ask my partner, will say, yeah, there is such a thing. I have to do other <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so I think that it's just like good to, yeah, like it's, uh, I don't think there is such a thing about too much sex, but um, I know that some people that ask that, I yeah. might feel a compulsive need to have sex. Mm. Not all of the people that are asking that, but some. And if yeah. there is a compulsive need to uh, uh, to have sex, then maybe you know it must be worth it. Like looking at um, how do you relate with your sexuality more than asking, "Am I having too much sex?" Sure. Mm. Yeah, but no, for me, no.
0: <laughs> more uh, sex. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I can't think of any other questions that um, my friends have asked me. I feel like I had um, so many, and now my mind's drawn a blank. Um, I think I think I'm, just still, even... I'm just thinking about too much sex. like I wish I wanted more sex. <laughs> <laughs> I, think
1: I think that's fine. You've mine. given a really good overview on. Mm. Um, you know, exactly what we wanted out of this first podcast, which was Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, make women aware of the fact that if they're not having enough sex, that's okay. If they're not orgasming, orgasming, that's okay too. But using, you know, self-pleasure and using devices, um, you know, is, is out there and there available and they're learning about it. So yes. I think the objective for this first podcast was, um, you know, and being part of the Happy Collective is there are various ways to make women happy and to take control of their happiness.
3: Yeah. And if there is another mm-hmm. thing that I really want to add that is very dear to my heart is that sexuality, it doesn't end in having better orgasm and feeling more pleasure, like somehow sexual empowerment really ripple out in other areas of our life. Mm -hmm. And when we feel confident, you know, in our bodies in how we look in, we feel free of expressing ourselves, not keep double guessing ourselves. Oh, I might look good from this position. Uh, How am I here? Or maybe Mm -hmm. I should lose some weight, but like we just, feel confident in our body. We can yes. speak our boundaries and our needs instead of feeling, oh, maybe I don't want to ruin the mood. We speak in the sexual environment. We are also bringing those confidence, those embodiment qualities and the, the capacity of speaking boundaries outside of the bedroom. And it yes. really ripples out. Like when I see a very sexually empowered woman, I can see her like speaking up, walking down the street in a different way. And I can tell you my clients all the time, they come back and they tell me, oh my God, I actually speak my needs to my boss in this regard because I felt like if I can say it to my partner with my legs open naked, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it even more like when, when I'm in a workplace and somehow it's just we pull out. So yes. it's, it's just, so a lot of people think, oh, I don't have time for sex, but sex is beyond that is just like one part of you. And yes. as you're working there, it's also the factor ripple out in other areas. Mm, that sure. makes I so much sense.
0: Sentiment. Yeah, I love mm. that sentiment so much. And if we can together collectively um, help women build confidence, not just in the bedroom, the Happy Collective isn't just about selling a sex toy. It's about so much more than that. And if we can actually help women mm. uh, build confidence in all Aspects of their lives, uh, I think we're going to be a bunch of happy women, um, and our mission will be done. So yes. I'm just so excited to have um, be part of this kind of conversation, to be building this mm. business with the beautiful Anthea and Em, and to be working with experts mm. such as yourself, Elisa. And I thought a fun way mm. to actually end this podcast could be to talk about who our perfect match is from a Smile Maker collection, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's interesting because I did the quiz myself, um, the Happy Collective website, and I know what kind of vibrators I like. But I must say, when I did the quiz, I got matched with something quite different. I got matched with the Frenchman, um, which oh. simulates oral sex. Um, and so I was like, oh, that's interesting. And, yeah, I can't, you know, talk about it highly enough. I love it, my Frenchman. <laughs> um, so, Emma, down to you. Who were you matched well, with? Julie, I find that
2: really interesting because I too was matched with the Frenchman.
0: And I have to say,
2: you know, when I first looked at this thing that I'd been matched with, I was like, what on earth is that? But that's the thing that I really love is that these things have been designed with women's bodies in mind, with experts. And, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised myself with the old Frenchman. (laughs) Well, I the one out
1: there. I was not the Frenchman. I was the ballerina. (laughs) Oh yeah, too. <laughs> yes, the ballerina is uh the I think the uh, Rolls Royce of um uh, a smile <laughs> maker collection suits you, yeah, <laughs> you. Yes.
3: And yeah, Alisa I, I can't remember the name. It was the red <laughs> one. What's the name of the red one? The, the romantic. romantic. The Romantic. I was like, fuck, you know when you're like a I like, oh, I the name of it.
1: Oh, like, that's, that's great. The
3: shape oh, of it. But the <laughs> I'm don't
0: surprised you. you think the the usability of the Romantic suits your kind of your needs. Mm-hmm. But you, you've spoken about variety, I guess, anyway, so
3: yeah
1: yeah elisa we should probably mention your instagram handle on here Mm. so that people can find you if they would like to um delve into some more questions or come and see you for your expertise so what's your instagram handle
3: is elisa underscore underscore caro c-a-r-o fabulous and even if they type like mindful sexuality tantra elisa melbourne they're gonna find me on google so right. you know <laughs> like something like that <laughs> yeah and we'll um, obviously have um
0: published this podcast on our website as well and um to anyone listening who would like elisa's yeah. details it can all be found on happycollective.com.au
3: as well fabulous wow. thank you so much for pleasure, your time elisa it's been it was a pleasure to be here with you and really supporting this mm-hmm. mission, which is very important. Yay, Thank you. The so Happy vibes. Happy vibes, yeah. Happy vibes. <laughs> Bye.
0: Bye. 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 See everyone soon. See you.